today was a regular day. I didn't think anything would happen. But I never thought that on this particular day, my life was going to change. I woke up just like I did every day. I got up, got my littles ready, got ready for work, and headed out the door. I did the same thing I did every single day for the past six months. I went to daycare to drop them off and I headed to work. I was so excited about this day because we talked about hanging out. I remember this day because I did not know that after today my life would change forever. You see, I had met this guy years ago when I was in college. I met him and I thought he was awesome. He was a cool guy. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to be friends with somebody like that? Somebody that's nice, that's pleasant, that's very kind. You see, on February 22nd, It seemed like every other day. It seemed like I was going to go to work, pick up my littles, and go home. I had a very pleasant lunch with this friend. Went to my job, hung out with me, told me I was pretty. It was nice considering me and my ex had just called it quits for the hundredth time in five years. I didn't make nothing of it. We made plans to hang out later that afternoon and I was so excited because it's nice to feel like you're important to somebody and it's nice to look forward to somebody that wants to see you and spend time with you. It was nice until that night. It was nice until that moment when my life flashed before my eyes. This night changed my entire life. It has scarred me up until this day. On this day, approaching to this day, my body shuts down. Out of fear, potentially? Who knows? I was scared of recording this episode, but I felt like it was time to release it. It's time to talk about what changed my life and what made things happen the way that they did. (sighs) I became a different person after February 22nd of 2016. I thought that my life was over. I thought that everything was, was it. I thought that my time was up and I would never come back. Without further ado, here's the story of what happened that day. I had this friend, we will nickname him the car guy. The car guy used to be or is, don't know anymore, have not spoken to him since. 
he was in a car club. And he used to have this amazing vehicle. It was gorgeous. And, you know, he used to do car shows and stuff. And one of the things that he and I had agreed on was in trucks and cars and clubs, things like that. He used to come out and hang out with me during my lunches at work, after work. And we would just hang out and vibe. On this particular evening, he was coming back from a car show. And he called me and he asked if he could come see me. It was roughly about 5 o'clock, maybe 6 o'clock in the evening. He called me when he was outside and he let me know that he was out there and that he wanted to say goodnight. He came by. I ran outside. We talked for what felt like was hours. We sat there talking about what we were planning on doing for the weekend, talking about how he wanted to take me to a car show to bring me into his world. And I was excited. We stood there on the street, leaned up against his, against his vehicle, when a car drove by. The car didn't initially drive by quickly, on the contrary. It came down the road, and it stopped halfway. My first instinct was, I think this guy's lost. His first instinct was, that's weird. Does that happen quite often here? Of course, my imminent response was no, not at all. But you never know. People's intentions don't immediately show themselves to you. <sighs> this is hard. But that's okay. The car drove by, and when it did, it went down the road the first time. You see, the way that the street was, it went all the way around, and it came out into another one. So think of it like a giant U, but there was houses there. I lived close to the end of the road before it turned into a different road. This car so happened to go to the end of the road, turn around, go past. We thought nothing of it. We just kept talking about how weird it was and how strange it was that initially they stopped. The second time, when they went down the road and came back and then just took off. The second time, when the car came down the road, it flipped and they lowered the window. I was not immediately facing in the direction of the vehicle because at this point I was facing the road where the car initially came from until it came around turned and it was essentially on my left side I was talking to him looking at him 
when I saw the car. I saw the window. And then I began to hear the loud, the loud pops. My first instinct was, cover your ears, hit the floor, cover your head. Why? I have no idea. But that is exactly what I did. My ears were ringing. I had no idea what just happened. The car sped off. And I got up. I was dizzy. My ears were ringing. The car sped off. There were so many things going at this moment and I was scared because I had no idea what just happened. I got up. I regained some sort of, of consciousness that brought me back and allowed the ringing to stop. When I looked over at my friend and I just dusted myself off and I saw my friend clenching to his body up against his vehicle, telling me in the weakest voice, I'm hit. It literally sounded like these stupid kids threw fireworks at us and I was hoping that they were fireworks. My friend had been shot. They emptied a clip. And I was lucky, and so was he, to be alive. (sighs) The car sped off. I looked at my friend. He fell forward, straight into the ground. I did not know what to do. All I know is that I was hurting, and I was scared, and I knew nothing of what to do in this situation. My friend fell on the floor, and I helped flip him. I got up. I said, I don't know what to do. I'm going to call the police. Give me a minute. My neighbors from across the way, where the whole entire incident just happened, ran out with towels and saved my friend's life. The police got there, emergency services got there, everyone got there, the news crew got there. There was so much going on, I didn't know what to do. I ran upstairs, I grabbed something just to try to get him to stop bleeding because there was blood everywhere and I knew not where it came from or how to even deal with the situation like this. My mom yelled at me. She said I should stay upstairs. And I said, no, my friend was hit. I need to stay with him. The kids were fine. They were fine. Because they were on a complete opposite end of where these gunshots came from. But I was scared. I was scared that whatever had happened that night was my fault. And there's no way that it was my fault. And I felt guilty for what happened to my friend. And I had no relation as to why. Was it because he came to my house? No. It just so happened to be 
that we were at the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm going to tell you guys today, this episode is going to be very raw. And it is full of emotion and full of memory and tears. The emergency services got there. The police tried to tell me if I was hurt, if I was, you know, I, I, I didn't know immediately that I was hurt. I did not know, actually. I didn't even know what was like, happening. After eventually I, I got the courage to, you know, kiss my babies, run back downstairs, which literally took 10 seconds, which felt like an eternity. The police questioned me asked me if I had any idea of who this was, asked me if if I had anything to do with it, which I, especially where I worked, I had no freaking way of knowing. I didn't even talk to anybody. I was such a homebody at this point. They asked me if I knew his friends, his family, if he had any gang ties, if I had any gang ties, and I will answer all those questions right now. No. None whatsoever. None for me. From what I know about him, none from him either. They took photos of the scene. They took him in an ambulance. They told me where he was going and they asked me if I wanted to go. I immediately said yes. I said I need to change. They checked me out. They looked at my shirt, but did not realize that my shirt was covered in blood. It was not his blood. It was mine. During the time that I fell, or threw myself, I should say, I did not realize that one, I had dislocated my shoulder, for one, and two, I did not realize that the bullets were so close to my body. I did not realize that these bullets grazed my body at all I hopped in the back of one of the vehicles from the police they took me to the hospital they're questioning the entire thing but not before the camera crew decided hey this is what happened this is one of the victims blasting my entire face on local news. Everyone who knew where I lived was messaging me, was calling me, telling me, I just saw you on the news. Are you okay? What happened? Literally everybody that cared about me at that time called me and messaged me and wondered what happened. I went to the hospital and they put him in surgery. I was in a room full of this man's family, his mom, his dad, his sister, her husband, his ex-wife. By the way, his ex-wife was there and that was a fucking doozy all on its own. And that shit was just, it was so fucking wild. I was in a room full of his family that I had not once met before. I was meeting everyone at once. Who am I supposed to introduce myself as besides his friend, right? 
even though there was no actual label, we had just started seeing each other. This shit was weird. This shit was wild. And I had no idea what the hell I had just gotten myself into. I remember his mom looking me dead in the face, asking me, who are you and what are you to my son? And I looked at her and I started crying and I told her the situation, the same thing that I told the police. I said, look, me and your son were hanging out. We're just talking. He had just come back from a show, gave her the rundown about everything that happened, literally down to the T, because it was exactly what happened. I had no reason to lie. I had no reason to even do anything about it. But I was scared. And I was alone. I was alone. I had no support in there whatsoever. But I was there for him. His sister came up to me, thanked me for helping save her brother's life because he is alive, thankfully. His mom, his dad, his ex-wife. That was a fucking trip. Because after that day, that bitch made my life a fucking nightmare for no reason. This woman had cheated on her husband. Right? But all of a sudden... After months of cheating, after physically moving out of their home, after being away from him for six to seven months, did she realize she no longer wanted to be with him? But up until the night that he had gotten shot and that he was with another woman, suddenly she wanted to be there. But you know what? That's her prerogative. I don't care. What I do care about is that I was there by myself and that I was there to support him and that I was there hoping and praying that this man would be okay. Because I felt like it was my fault. And it wasn't. It wasn't my fault. <sighs> there was a code in the hospital. At one point, And they had to lock us all into a room. And I shut down. And I was crying. And I was sitting in a corner. And I was just begging God in my head. To please let this man be okay. Because it was before we even knew anything. This man was shot 14 times. <laughs> he was shot in his torso. He was shot in his legs. He was shot in his pubic area. He was shot in his hand. They emptied out the clip on him. They found 20 bullet casings on the floor this man is lucky to be fucking alive and I am fucking lucky to be alive too once he came out of surgery they put him in a room they let me see him but he was asleep I went in I told him I was going to come see him the next day and I did. I spent the entire night awake, scared, talking to a really good friend of mine that found it in his heart to pick me up 
and take me home because I had no way home. I left my car at home that night. I was terrified of everything that had just happened. And if it wasn't for him, for him reminding me that what happened was not my fault, for him reminding me that it was a, a case of a being in a bad, not a bad place, but being in the wrong place at the wrong time is something that is okay. He didn't go there expecting to get hurt that night and I didn't think anyone was going to get hurt that night because we had hung out outside my house plenty of times before and not once did we have to deal with this. I had plenty of friends that had come to my house before and we had always hung out but this particular person this particular person had to be the fucking victim? I don't know. But if it wasn't for him, I would still be kicking myself for it. And that person has been my friend for the longest. We've had each other's backs for the longest. He's been one of the people that I go to whenever I've had some type of cloudiness in my head. And I need somebody to talk to. And this is a whole different person I'm talking about. And my boy, I know that you're listening. And I just want to say that I have mad love for you and mad respect for you. Because you've been there for me for years. You've been there for me since I was 18. And you were still the only one that actually showed up to see me. Showed up to pick me up, give me a hug, and tell me everything was going to be okay. And I thank you for that. Because even till this day, you still remind me that things are going to be okay. The next day, like I said, I went to see him. I initially went to work. I was crying. Every little thing made me freak out. Driving was terrible. I had no idea what was going on. I was stuck in such a fog. I didn't know what had just happened. I was still processing all of this. My adrenaline was still going. I went to work. I told my supervisor what happened. And she sent me home. She sent me home because I had no idea of what I was going to do with what just happened. I just knew that if I sat there long enough that he was going to sit with me and kick me until I did not know what the fuck to do anymore. And it did. 15 minutes. Driving there. 15 minutes. Sitting there felt like my life was just escaping my body and I didn't know why <sighs> eventually I was excused I went to the hospital I spent the entire day in the hospital with him I saw him I saw his ex-wife all over him acting like nothing that had happened in the past six or seven months had happened now, I wasn't trying to be jealous. I was just confused because as far as I knew, their relationship had already been over and he was trying to pursue me. But here they were, calling each other babe, telling each other they loved each other. And eventually I had to say, it's okay. I hope you're okay. If you need anything, just call me. He eventually texted me later that night and he told me that he and his wife were going to work things out and I said okay that's totally fine you do what you got to do you got to keep your family together that's absolutely fine I'm with you on that 
and I backed off. The next day, when I went into work, everybody knew what had happened. On February 23rd, I went into work, a nervous wreck. You know what? Let me back up. At the hospital, my anxiety was going crazy. The doctors asked me if I was with them, and I said yes. And they said that I was just talking too fast, that I was nervous, that I was scared, and they could see that my color wasn't there. They had me go check myself up in the ER. I kept holding on to my arm because it kept hurting, and I didn't know why. The doctor looked at my arm. She saw the redness. She saw the swelling. She grabbed my arm, and I immediately yanked it back. She asked me to remove my sweater, which I did. And she looked at it, and she saw that my left arm had popped out of its socket. And the fact that I had been in fight-or-flight mode from the entire moment of when that shooting happened up until that exact moment did I know that I had fucked up my arm and I did not even realize it. She popped it back in. She asked me if anybody else, anywhere else in my body was I hurting. And I said, yeah, my right side. It's killing me. It hurts. It feels like it's burning. I don't know what's going on. And the fucked up part is that I took a shower that morning. And I didn't even notice. (sighs) I lifted up my shirt. And there was the marks of where the bullets had passed by or went through and I didn't even know what the fuck was happening they didn't immediately penetrate my skin she said that most likely they were stray marks of when they went next to me and then when I threw myself on the floor that I could have probably landed on the bullets or bullet casings or whatever I was terrified. She gauzed me up. She cleaned my wounds. She gave me a sling for my arm and told me that I was okay and that I was going to be okay and to breathe. And that day, I felt the most sympathy of my life because a doctor gave me a hug and told me it was okay. I don't even remember her name. I just know that she was the sweetest doctor I had ever worked with. The next day, like I mentioned, I went to work. All my coworkers were asking me what happened and why I wasn't at work. And then there was one coworker who was such a bitch and hated me for no reason. She just so happened to see the local news the night before. She told everybody that I was on the news because my friend and I had gotten shot because we were gangbangers. Yeah, that's what she told them. Now, to those of you that know me personally, you guys know I'm 
like completely against gangs and I'm not for any of that. I just, and this man wasn't even in a gang. That's the fucked up part. This man was not involved at all in a gang. And, and that's why I'm so confused as to why that even had happened in the first place. But she ran her mouth, created this entire scenario, went as far as telling my supervisor at the time that it was probably related to gangs and drugs. Now, I'm not for drugs. I don't even drink. I don't even smoke. But if that's y'all guys' thing, that's your guys' thing. But that's not my thing. You know? But this girl made my life a living hell. Went and told everybody, not just our department that we worked in, but everybody that would listen. She went and told that story too. So then after that, car guy's wife started showing up to my job, made a complaint about me for no reason, when not once did I rub her the wrong way, when not once did I ever disrespect her, when not once did I even care to even pursue that person after he told me that he was going to work his, you know, his family out. Not once. I did the mature thing. I understood. And I walked away. Because that was all I could do. <sighs> this woman complained about me, said that I was a homewrecker, created an entire narrative about how they how I was destroying her full-on marriage, not the fact that she did it, but the fact that it was me seeing her husband behind her back which is completely a lie. But of course, my supervisor, who by the way already hated me because she hated single parents specifically said to me by her, I was a target in that place. I was always a target in that place because nobody liked the fact that I was a mother of two at the time. Nobody liked the fact that I wasn't with my partner anymore. Nobody liked the fact that I was just there to do my job. Everybody wanted to know who I was. Everybody wanted to know what I was about. But I just kept my distance. I didn't want these people knowing my business because I already knew that that one was a gossip. <sighs> sure enough, I got in trouble for something that wasn't true. I was given a talking to. I was moved from my job up front to the back and no matter where I went this woman would come in day after day after day complaining about things that had nothing to do with my work nothing to do with my work but just to be a bitch I stopped talking to him altogether I let her you know deal with what she needed to do two weeks later they break up again because she could not stop seeing her man she could not stop seeing the guy that she was cheating on him with but somehow I was the bad guy. He reached out to me and I said, look, I'm glad you're doing okay. I'm glad that, you know, you're healing and you're going through your therapy and all that. I'm glad to hear that you're okay. I will be okay. Thank you for asking. Although he never did. But I always had the people that love me talk to me 
and reach out to me and make sure that I was okay because for days on end after that happened whenever I would hear any type of screeching car I would just fucking hit the deck cover my head and start crying whenever a car would drive up next to me I would immediately flee I was terrified that I was gonna die regardless of what was happening because I was scared and I had nobody else to talk about it with After those two weeks, I decided that I wanted to tell Cinnamon about what had happened because I wanted him to hear it from me. I didn't want him to hear it from anybody else because I knew that if he heard it from anybody else that he was going to turn against me like he already was. I sat him down when he picked up our kids for the weekend and... I told him, like, hey, I was talking to this person that I used to go to school with, and we hung out one day, and we're hanging outside, and there was a drive-by, and I thought I was going to die, but here I am, and he held me so close. It was the only other time that I had ever felt sympathy by another human being. And I told him that I was afraid that I was going to be a bad mom because I felt like I was always afraid. I felt like no matter what I did, it wasn't enough that I couldn't keep them safe. I was scared. I would go to work and come home and immediately rush my kids upstairs, make sure that they were fine, and then cry for 10 minutes every single day since the shooting. I went into a full depression at that time because my ex took advantage of that. My ex, Cinnamon, took advantage of that. Even though he said he wouldn't, he did. He took my two children under a false pretext that he would be returning them later that day. And he lied. <laughs> and I was scared because I didn't know the way that things worked. I didn't know that I had rights, that I could report him. But at the time, we weren't going to family court. We weren't doing anything like that. My kids were with me 100% of the time. He took them from me that day. And when I called him, ask him what time would be a good day to pick him up or a good time I should say he said never and he kept my kids from me for two weeks for two weeks he wouldn't answer my phone calls for two weeks he wouldn't let me see them for two weeks he wouldn't let me talk to them until eventually I found it in myself to do things the right way. I called the police. And I got to see my kids. And they threatened to charge him with kidnapping because he took them from my home, from their residence. And after that, my life changed. Because of February 22nd of 2016, 
I lost a whole part of me. And for the past eight years, every single time this time comes, my body shuts down. I'm nervous. I'm angry. I am a mess emotionally. But today, as I'm telling you the story, as I'm being 100% honest with you about what happened, the only thing that brings me down is the memories of what happened that day. I stand tall today and I tell you that after that happened to me, I would not sleep for weeks on end. I felt like I was lost all the time. I felt like no matter what I did, it wasn't enough. I felt like I was supposed to die that day. And I had nobody to talk to about it. I didn't want to burden anyone. I went to counseling. They told me that I was going through something called post-traumatic stress disorder. And I was getting help for it. But then people would mock me when I would tell them what I went through because they just said, oh, you're just being dramatic. Let me tell you something. Twice in my life, I had a gun pointed at me. Twice. And I didn't cry and I didn't flinch and I wasn't scared. But the day that they shot my friend right in front of my face, that's the day I got scared. The day that I thought that I was going to die was the day that I got scared. And nobody understood that. Nobody wanted to, and that's fine. You don't have to understand something that you haven't been through. But understand that people who are hurting should not be mocked. They should not be treated differently just because you have never experienced that type of level of craziness, that type of level of trauma. You should never judge somebody for that. This world is a challenge. This life is a challenge. And we should never compete with the hard things that we have to go through individually but somehow it became a competition for people i never wanted it to be a competition i just wanted to know how i could deal with that and through those times that i went through depression it was driving day in day out from four from 8 p.m to four in the morning and then going home and getting ready for work and dealing with the bullshit that was the bitch at work and the ex-wife and my ex and all that shit it just became a fucking window of attack i felt like i was under attack and with even more reason my world felt like it was ending i felt like i had nobody to live for i battled depression up until i found out that I was going to have my third child with Vanilla. The reason why Vanilla and I stayed together for so long was because he saved me in my darkest time. When I was going through all of this shit, I told him what I went through and he protected me. He saved me from it and I always felt like I owed it to him.
thought that he was sent to me to protect me from all of the craziness that I had just went through, from all of the craziness that the world had thrown in my direction all at once. And then for him to turn on me over the years and throw this event at me and say that I was so stupid to get with a, quote, gangbanger and, quote, get myself shot, by the way. And that's the reason why I don't have my older kids. And that's not true. I went through a dark time. The system did not help me. They never found the guys that did this, by the way. It's been eight years. It's been eight years since this has happened. And it still haunts me. I can talk about it freely now. Yes, I still break down a little bit because the emotions are still there. And even though I worked through it, I still connect with those emotions. And I understand that it's okay to feel what I felt. But having to go through all of that and have Vanilla throw this shit at me every single chance that he got. And use that as a way to give him some type of, of elevation to what, what I was going through. That's fucked up. And this is what I mean when I say that people will take advantage of your trauma and try to use it against you because that's exactly what this man did. He would break me down, tear me down, and tell me that everything that went wrong with my life was because of that night. And I'll tell you this, the same thing that I told him. That night was a fateful night. That night told me to, told me to be aware of my surroundings. It taught me to be more vigilant. It taught me to always make plans. It taught me to feel what I needed to feel. It taught me to plan ahead. And yeah, maybe that's hypervigilance. And that's okay. Because I'm okay. Because now whenever I go anywhere, I always have a plan. I always have a way out. I always plan for things. Because it's better to have a plan than not. And after that, I made a plan. I made a plan to leave. I made a plan to pack. I made a plan to just get the fuck out of that situation too. But even though he saved me that year, even though I got pregnant with my child six months in, I realized that the person who saved me from my darkest self was my child. Because my child gave me purpose to not give up. He gave me purpose to realize that I had something to live for. Not just my older two, but him as well. Because while he was growing inside of me, I felt like I was healing internally. Like the cloudiness was going away, like the darkness was growing away. And it sounds sappy as can be, but it's true. Because even though, even though all of this craziness had happened, when my son was born, when my third child was born, my ex came to the hospital. Cinnamon came to the hospital. He came, he held my son. And he said that he was perfect. And even though we went through hell, and even though we went through all of the craziness that we did, we eventually came to the conclusion that we could both be co-parents. And it took years for that shit to finally be okay. It took years 
after the battle of the visitation, the battle of, well, I need to be there. I went through a lot of shit that day. I went through a lot of shit those years, but I never fucking gave up hope. And guess what? I'm still never going to give up hope because at the end of the day, I won. I won. I'm still here. And I'm going to be here because I'm not going to give up. I have never given up. And although February 22nd of 2016 brought me through a fucking loop of fucking nonsense, I'm still here. And I'm never going to give up. Not on my littles. Not on myself. Not on anyone. February 22nd had me fucked up from the beginning. But it's not going to have me fucked up anymore. I'm a whole different person from where I started to where I'm at. I'm no longer afraid. I'm no longer to speak up for myself. I speak up about everything now. I used to just sit down, shut up, and take it. And guess what? Not anymore. I have a voice. I have a platform that I created. I am the strength that I wanted to be all these years, and now here I am. And I told myself back then, I'm done being everybody's fucking idiot. I'm done being everybody's fucking dumbass. I need to fucking stop this shit, and I need to stop letting him fucking play me. Because I'm not playing around. And here I am. Self-taught. Teaching myself to get over things. Because I wish that I had the strength that I did back then. That I have now. And just because February 22nd. Used to be the ugliest memory of my life. Now it's one of the most powerful memories of my life. Because of that. My boy, I still, I still care about you. And I hope you're doing good. He's moved on now. He's got a new wife. He's got some kids. Good for you, my guy. You deserve all the happiness in the world. But your bitch fucking put me through hell. And I hope she gets hers. Because karma was not nice to me for something that I never thought that I was going to get. And I hope karma isn't nice to her for the things that she did to you and me. And I will always remember February 22nd. But I will never let February 22nd fucking break me again.